Hey there, it's David. If this is your first time island hopping, please go back to Season 1, Episode 1, The Rules. It's so much better to start your journey from the beginning. I will be waiting for you right here when you get back. For those of you who are continuing on with your journey, this island is all about a confession. I need something. Healing, connection, meaning, forgiveness. I have a hole in my life that I haven't been able to fill on my own. Embracing this confession for your life means that you must also embrace another reality. One of the reasons why you have a hole in your life is because you've been searching for the wrong thing. Or better yet, you've been searching in the wrong place for the wrong thing in order to fill the hole in your life. You've been searching within in order to fill that hole in your life, as opposed to realizing and surrendering to the fact that you are without. For until you embrace your withoutness, you will never fill that hole in your life. This island is about acknowledging the death of yourself that's required to truly find yourself, acknowledging that peace can only be found from without. Jesus put it this way, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Let's go island hopping. Your search has been for happiness. When I get that next promotion, I'll be happy. When I get married, I'll be happy. When I retire, I'll be happy. The problem with this perspective is this. Happiness is to life like a cough is to a cold. For happiness is merely a symptom of something bigger. Yes, happiness is great when you experience it, but nobody can stay happy all their life. If they do, that's a symptom of another problem. Your life's purpose and calling isn't to be happy, but to be who you've been created to be. Spoiler alert, once you're who you've been created to be, happiness will take up residence in your life. Yet, what has this world taught us to do about a cough? We've been taught to treat the cough and everything will be good. Never mind what might be causing the cough. For just as long as you don't cough, everything will be good. Just like healthcare is about so much more than simply symptom treatment, your life care is also about so much more than simply finding and maintaining a sense of happiness. Your life care is about finding you and being you day in and day out to the best of your ability. What you desire isn't happiness. What you desire is peace. Not political peace or economic peace, but inner peace. That understanding of who you are and that everything is going to be all right. Peace that teaches you not to sweat the small stuff and that everything is small stuff. Once that peace is found, happiness is not far behind. For happiness is a symptom of peace. Yet, one can experience glimpses of happiness without ever finding peace. 
Uh, When life goes your way, when you find what you've been looking for, when you finally reach that goal, happiness is what you experience. Yet, I pray that you aren't satisfied with mere glimpses of happiness every now and again. My prayer is that peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, is what you seek. Well, if any of that describes you, someone who is seeking not happiness but peace, then this island has something for you, a lesson to be learned, a perspective to be embraced. The peace that you seek, since it isn't political or economic or anything else human-made, can only be found from without. Peace can only be found when you acknowledge your inability to create it on your own or usher it in by anything that you do. Peace can only be found when you own the fact that you are without Finding peace requires that you confess that you are a person without the ability to manufacture peace on your own. This journey to be will force you to get real, real with yourself and subsequently real with God. For until you're real, God, the only thing that can fill the hole in your life, will never be real to you. Not until you acknowledge the hole in your life, not until you acknowledge that you're without, can you ever dream of finding the peace that you seek in your life. There's an old saying out there that someone has to hit rock bottom before transformation can happen. Well, the rub is this. Rock bottom is a moving target. One person's rock bottom does not equal someone else's rock bottom. Now, I hit rock bottom in my life when I was one week away from starting seminary, and I got fired. I thought that God had given me a specific job so that I could afford to go to seminary all while maintaining my lifestyle. I prayed for a specific job that I knew would pay me enough money and give me enough flexibility to maintain my current lifestyle and be a seminary student. Well, you have to understand that God had another plan. There was another thing happening that I wasn't even aware of. There was God moving in a way that at that moment I couldn't have realized, at least not until later looking back on it. And I guess one of the greatest ways that we can ever understand how God is moving in our life when we're looking back on something is to talk with someone else who experienced the same thing, but maybe from a different perspective. And in this situation, that same thing, but different perspective, was my wife, Michelle. So at this point, I want to turn it over to her, and she can share with you her perspective on this whole situation. I guess the hardest part is figuring out how I'm going to start. I guess looking back um, now with the knowledge that I have, the phrase that comes to mind is, be careful what you pray for. During that time, you know, it was a time of discovery for both of us, looking at our future and our current reality were, was two different things. So as I think back on that time, I was a young mom. My, my husband had received a call that I wanted desperately to support for him to go into the ministry because I loved him and I wanted him to be happy and feel satisfied in what he did every day. But yet, on the other hand, it was his call. And and I always make the joke that says his phone rang, mine didn't, because it wasn't my call, especially at at that time. But when David really was adamant and I supported him, 
and we were trying to figure out how to make it work, getting a job that allowed him to go into the seminary seemed like what at the time an answer to our prayers. It was going to allow him to work and go to school and we were excited about it. And then as time fast forwarded a little bit, we quickly realized that was not working out, but we kept pressing and we knew that David would figure out a way to make it work. But I'll never forget the day that uh, I received word from him that he had gotten fired from the job. So here I was, not really sure about this ministry thing to begin with. I met my husband as a Sigma Pi fraternity brother at a party, and never in a trillion years did I think we would end up going down the ministry route. But here we were, and I was feeling uncertain about that. Also a new mom trying to support a beautiful little baby girl, our first daughter, Mackenzie, We had built our house, we had cars, we had a life that, frankly, I liked. I wanted to be able to sustain, and when we quickly realized that that was not going to be the case, it was frightening. It, It caused me, I think, to start questioning everything. Was this God's way of saying this wasn't our journey? Was this an out that we needed to take to say, okay, we need to think about this differently. Fear, I think, is the best word to describe that time. And maybe even just a little bit of uh, anger, because I'm thinking here, here we were as new Christians, especially devoted Christians, David wanting to give his whole life over to God. And a part of me felt like, if if he is willing to serve you, why are you not helping us make this work? So for me, I think I went through that process of a little bit of blaming God for what was going on. And, you know, David is, is and always has been a man of faith. So sometimes talking to him about stuff like that is a little intimidating because I know he wasn't in that same place. I mean, did he have fear? Yes. But I I think he also had a much deeper faith at that time than I did. So I was selective because I wanted to continue to support him. But frankly, part of me wished that he was just a salesman making some money and able to check out at 5 o'clock and come home and us not have to worry about any of the things that we were facing. But as always... God had us in the end, and even though I wasn't able to at times live on my faith, David's faith brought us through, and here we are today looking back on a story that truly changed our lives for the better, even though at the time it didn't seem like it. I believed that my job was God-sent for several reasons. One, I was a great guy. Two, I was loved by God. And three, I was called by God to go into the ministry. I obviously had an in with God, so why wouldn't God give me the job that I wanted? I would later discover that the whole time God wanted something very different for me. I wanted to take care of my worldly worries. I wanted to make enough money to go to seminary and not change any aspect of my life. But... God wanted me to acknowledge my total reliance on them. 
God wanted me to acknowledge my withoutness, my total inability to provide for every aspect of my life all by myself. You know what I'm talking about. You know what this looks like when you believe that you can provide for every aspect of your life all on your own. Yes, being a faithful person, you do lean into God, but only when you're foolish enough to believe that you're in a bargaining position with God. It goes something like this. God, if you do dot, 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 I will do dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Like any of us have the right or the power to make deals with God. Well, I'll let you in on how much I was missing the mark when it came to acknowledging my withoutness. Shortly after a beloved pastor left a little church that Michelle and I were attending, I accepted that being a pastor was what God had created me to be. Hmm, first mistake. God didn't create anybody to be a profession. But even though I knew that being a pastor was my calling from God, I still wasn't acknowledging my withoutness for I still needed to control my finances. So, and this might sound familiar to some of you, I made a deal with God. I knew what job I needed in order to afford seminary while maintaining my lifestyle. So I went to God and I said, if you want me to go to seminary and become a pastor, I need you to get me this job. The impudence, the audacity, the unmitigated gall. Well, when I got that job, I felt that all was right in the world. Six months later, I was fired. For I was unable to successfully do that job. Not that I didn't have the ability or the drive, but I believe God had other plans for me. And the only way this thick-headed fool could have realized that God not only wanted me to be a pastor, but that God wanted all of me, was to get the job of my dreams and then to lose it. I was left in a position where all I could do was admit that I was without. I needed something that I was without the power to get on my own. That was my rock bottom. I declared to God in that moment that if this was all going to work out, God was going to have to do it because I couldn't. It was at that moment of confession that I acknowledged my withoutness and that I had a hole in my life. Well, on the opposite end of this spectrum, I was sitting in a hospital room with someone I loved dearly. He was a binge alcoholic, and his lifestyle had done irrevocable damage to his liver. His latest binge almost killed him. I sat in that hospital room as the doctor explained to my friend that his next binge just might be his last. He directed my friend on how and where to find the help that he needed to conquer his addiction and to live the rest of his life in relative health. When the doctor left the room, I was ready to do whatever needed to be done to get my friend to where he needed to be and to walk with him through his rehabilitation into sobriety. I said to him, well, I guess that's it. Let's start making plans to get you into rehab. He paused, looked up at me and said, well, David... I just don't know. What I would have definitely defined as rock bottom wasn't his rock bottom. He wasn't ready to acknowledge the hole in his life. He wasn't ready to embrace his withoutness. And sadly, within a year, I was speaking at his funeral, for his next binge was his last. So many people live their entire lives on this island. 
They know that there's something more. They know that they have a hole in their life that they haven't been able to fill on their own, but they don't do anything about it. They just can't bring themselves to confess that they are without. They basically do the exact same things over and over and over and over again, expecting different results, which, if you aren't aware, is the definition of insanity. When I realized this fact, I knew that the life that God wants all of us to live is a life of being, not a life of doing. None of us can do ourselves into peace and happiness. None of us can do ourselves into God's will. None of us can do ourselves into sobriety. Life isn't about what we do. It's about who we are. We've been taught to believe that behavior modification is the answer when it's merely a mask. Behavior modification is a flimsy piece of balsa wood that we lay over the hole in our lives. Yes, it gives us relief for a moment. It may even give us glimpses of peace and happiness. But it never lasts. Just ask anyone who has lost weight for a special occasion just to put it all back on after the occasion was over. All they did was change their behavior and laid off the sugar and the carbs. Yep, The person who successfully conquers weight gain is the person who is transformed from the inside out in their relationship with food. They don't just change their eating habits. They transform who they are in relation to food. The same is true for every one of us. You can't become all that God has created you to be by simply modifying your behaviors. You can only become all that God has created you to be by the transformation of who you are from the inside out. And this transformation starts with the confession that you're without. That is what the journey to be is all about. Transformation of who you are as opposed to changing what you do. For when you're transformed as a person, your behaviors will follow. But changing your behaviors will never transform who you are. It will merely make you a good actor. And there are no Academy Awards for life. Are you ready and willing to embrace your withoutness? Are you ready for more than simply treating symptoms in your life? Are you ready to overcome the perspective that transformation is merely the result of behavior modification? Are you ready to stop acting? And finally, are you ready to start being? Well, until next time, when we look at the concept that the journey is your destination, may the peace that surpasses all understanding fill your life. Hey there, it's Donovan. Island Hopping is a production of Journey to Be Ministries and is sponsored by Beneva Christian Church. You can find Beneva Christian on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as their website, benevachristian.com. If you'd like to contact my uncle, just drop him an email at islandhoppingpodcast at gmail.com.